0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Class 1A Podcast. My name is Andrew Imgurton, and alongside me, I have James Graham and Dylan Beale to be breaking down the penultimate episode of My Hero Academia Season 5, which is the finale of My Villain Academia. And guys, what did you think of the episode? And as the arc kind of comes to an end, we can talk about it later on, but was it worth the rate for Season 5, and was this a great way to top it off?
1: Absolutely. It was a banger of an arc. I love this arc so much. It has like it has everything you want. It Has sick fights. It has sick origin stories. Incredible panels that we get see animated. It rules.
2: Yeah, I was uh, I I like I was thoroughly pleased with it. Like uh, I think it was nice to see it all come to a head with this episode. In this episode, getting the because you guys know I'm like an like an animation fan. Like it got the proper attention it deserved for the build up and the climax. I was very very happy with it.
0: I completely agree. I think everything about this episode was exactly what I think manga readers wanted it to be, and it was a great kind of capping off for anime only fans seeing it all for the first time. and did a very good justice. Before we do jump into today's recap, just want to remind you that go over to twitter.com slash class one a pod to follow us on Twitter and make sure to step up to date on all the things we do. Otherwise, you can not catch us on podcasting platforms and YouTube. If you go to YouTube slash class1a, you can find all these videos, plus a bunch of other theory and my hero academia videos. Or you can check this out on the road while you're doing or working or whatever you want to do and listen to all these podcasts on the go. If you are listening to podcast platforms, leave the five-star reviews always helps a ton. And on YouTube, subscribing, liking, and all that always means the world. But with that, let's jump into episode 25, which is titled episode 24, I apologize. Titled Tamura Shigaraki Origin. It starts back off with seeing what young Shigaraki pretty much right after he destroyed his family house and killed his family kind of walking through the streets, unsure of what to do, but no one really wanted to help him because everyone was just assuming that a hero would eventually come by and kind of help him. But Shigaraki was ultimately alone. But right before the opening credits kind of come, we do see a younger one for all reach his hand out to Shigaraki. And after that, we do kind of see pretty much one for all training Shigaraki to be the Shigaraki that we know today, where it is encouraging his desire to destroy everything. It is kind of throwing away all of his morals, and eventually we do see him kind of kill these two thugs that had beat up on him earlier, that he was holding back, killing them, but after kind of this push from All for One, he does end up going back and killing them, and that was kind of the turning point, and after that is when All for One gave him his new name of Tomura Shigaraki. After that, we jump back to the current time of the fight between Redestro and Shigaraki, and Shigaraki is truly awakened now, and Reed Destro is even noticing this, and that even though Redestro does go to his 150%, He's still holding back just a little bit, and he's unsure why. But as it kind of goes on, we start to see that it's almost out of a respect and a awakening for Redestro and himself that Shigaraki is the true form of the Metal Liberation Army in the way that Shigaraki is using his quirk with complete freedom and liberation with nothing holding him back and that the Metal Liberation's kind of ideals so were actually holding quirks back in a way as well. So throughout the fight, Redestro gains more and more respect for Shigaraki, while Shigaraki's true strength just inc- increases as it goes on, and then eventually putting his hand down on the ground, pretty much destroying all of Daika City in a pretty much a single attack. And at the end, he does find Redestro after the attack, who has had to amputate both his legs. But Redestro kind of tells the Metal Liberation to stop. Anything after this will just be pointless death. And then says that he is a true embodiment of. Destro's original visions and says that the Metal Liberation Army will follow him. And in this moment, Gide Machia, who has arrived, also sees all this happening and kind of sees a reflection of one for all in Shigaraki, calling him successor. So now not only is the Metal Liberation Army following Shigaraki, but now so is Machia. We do get a little bit of a jump to, I think about a week later or a month later, I don't remember exactly which one, to kind of what we saw when Hawks was with the Metal Liberation Army, that the two groups have now formed that there's still a little bit of tension between Skeptic and the League of Villains and all that, but Reed Destro is fully supporting Shigaraki, and in the basement of a giant mansion where there are thousands of people there, Redestro Destro says that Shigaraki is the true embodiment of Destro's feelings, and that he is now going to be the new leader. And with the merging of these two new groups, there is going to be a new name for the Metal Liberation Army, which is now the Paranormal Liberation Front, and that the nine members will be the nine generals that will be leading the paranormal Liberation Front, and that is where the episode ends up. We do see that next week is pretty much just going to kind of be going back over to the hero site, setting them up for everything that we know is coming eventually between the paranormal front and heroes coming up next season. I'm assuming, since once the one episode left is kind of a lot to really start a fight that they've been setting up here, but I mean, just overall what an episode, what an animation. I love everything about it. I'll kind of let you guys go on whatever you want to talk about first. I know we have a couple of topics, but just overall, would you say this was the best episode of the arc or where did this end up on you for kind of capping it off?
1: I think it's super tough, right? Cause like we have this episode going up against even just the last episode, which is an incredible origin story, sad man's parade uh, and Toga's episode. I thought all of them were, were incredible. So it's really hard to hold them up against each other, but I think in terms of like having an episode that you can look towards and saying like, this was the peak of the season. I think it's this one. Like it, it has, it has the emotions of the origin story with, with a really good fight scene in it. So I think, I think encapsulates it pretty well.
2: Yeah. Like it really is difficult. Like, I mean, I think it is to a degree of like what you prefer. Like if you like more like of the backstory and stuff like that, I think the last episode might be more your flavor, but I I mean, for me at least, this one is definitely it yeah it wraps up the story great you get sick fight you get and you know you not only get to see like the like you get to see more of the 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 birthing of the villain vice just like the base origin story you know what i mean which i think is such a crucial part of Shigaraki's character and because of that you get to see him become all that he could be and it, and then you and you see that immediately immediately iterated like like right after right and i think i think that uh, like causes so much charm for the episode as far as like from a viewing experience
0: i mean is such an in-depth character that they literally had two origin stories about him back-to-back episodes with completely different names i mean it was two different origin stories which were super cool and i think Mm -hmm. what kind of going off of what dylan said that this was the peak of the season and i agree because during sad man's parade during toga's moment even during the fight this episode I always was super into it. Like, hell yeah, this is awesome. But when I saw Shigaraki talking to the thousands of people in the basement there and kind of saying everything, there is the first moment this arc I've really gotten chills is how I knew that this was the peak of the the entire arc and probably the season for me, because it was phenomenal to see it and just kind of having an idea of what's probably going to be coming up between the endeavor and kind of Hawk's notes there and clearly Shigaraki's newfound, complete desire to destroy everything and now he's going to have the Doctors and the Gnomus along with the paranormal liberation front. It is going to be ridiculous whatever is coming next season. So I think that is what also helps make me so excited because this sets up that big confrontation even better. But I think kind of going in, the one thing that is still so little touched on is kind of all-for-ones interaction in Shigaraki's life early on. We get to see where they first meet, and kind of all for one's push of Shigaraki becoming who he is today. But I don't think we're going to get more Shigaraki backstory. And it's just crazy that how much Shigaraki admires all for one, but with a little we've seen him in his backstory, if that makes sense.
1: Well, I mean, I think I think that just comes off of him being the hand that was there for him. Like, that's all you really need because yeah. he was so young at the, at the time. And, like, don't forget that they kind of, like, locked his memories of his family away a little bit. So, essentially, all he could really remember is being with All for One. Like, that's all he could remember. So, like, more or less, he was just his dad at that point. So like, that's probably why he admired him so much. Outside of just the, like, the vague, uh, like, I don't know, like, Christ-like image that All for One has with people, I guess. Like, everyone looks at him with this, like, reverence for some reason.
2: yeah. And not only that, too, but, like, I mean, like, Shigaraki himself, like, going through the, going through the, the his origin was even stated that, like, I mean, he was in such, a, like, a vulnerable state that it really could have been anybody that reached out to him that he probably would have, like, mat- like clung on to them immediately, right? But, it would, you know, it was all for one, right? And it was really cool seeing all for one, like, in this light, in almost, like, this mentor role, not, like, the diabolical, you know, evil villain kind of thing, like, this kind of mentorship sort of thing, right? So, it was another avenue. Of course, he's still all for one. He's still, you know, the bad guy and stuff like that. But it was really cool to see him how how he kind of made Shigaraki into what he was and like really just like unlocking him. You know what I mean? I think he he really made him just kind of cast aside his you know his humanity, right? And I think that was it was really cool to see that animated and you know put on put on the screen, right? It was nice. Well, that's, this isn't also
0: the first time though that we've seen. Sorry, i just continue on with the kind of Shigaraki, but for all for one. This isn't the first time we've seen that pair charismatic. Actually, the second time this season is that if you remember Mm. back to like the origin story of all for one and one for all, all for one grew to power because of how charismatic he was very similar to Destro in a way that they had a message and then saying, okay, we want to, they gained the power because they convinced people that their quirks are more than what they are and that they should be able to do whatever they want with them. Very similar to a lot of villains, but he didn't come to power because he was the strongest villain in the world, even though he is. He came to power because he was charismatic. So it also makes sense. And that's why I think Shigaraki fell on the spell, the same one that everyone else who followed him did. But also Shigaraki was incredibly vulnerable at that point. So it was cool to see that. And it makes me want to see more of the young all for one. I'd love to see just more of an entire origin story from him as well at some point. But nonetheless, I just want to kind of touch on that, that that is what he's known for and why he grew so quickly to power.
1: So there is a couple things with this uh, origin story that I thought were really interesting. Number one, you can't really build off of it, but, like, Shigaraki is all-for-ones, like, name, which is uh, which is a pretty big reveal, because, like, yeah, now, I wonder if that's, like, oh, yeah, this is his actual, like, real last name or family name, or, like, is it just, like, the name he goes by? Um, but regardless, we know, like, almost nothing about him, really, um, except for very, very small details. So, like, everything that we get is, like, pretty big. So, so I just want to make sure that, like... That was, like, a, a pretty big reveal. Uh, the yeah, other thing...
2: Passed over, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the other thing I thought was super interesting is this really solidified, like, the the dichotomy between all for one and one for all, right? Because you have uh, one for all uh, who, you know, All Might passing it down to Deku as, like, the mentor and all for one, um, you know, is 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 all for one passing it down to Shigaraki now. Like, these, these two, like, you have the mentor relationships with each other. I just think it's super, super interesting um and it just like solidified that in like the passing down of the name right it's like his name it's like his his mentee um as, as we have with like all my and i i think it's so interesting that like we keep seeing this like parallels between the two constantly in the series and it just like kind of solidifies that 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 big moment that we're working for of like it's gonna be deku and shigaraki right we're waiting for that moment like i think ever since like the mall scene of him just like with his hand on like uh, deku's neck We've just been waiting for that ultimate fight
2: yeah it's in like it's it's cool too to see you know shigaraki given the title right like the symbol of fear right like i think and i think in this because that's what shigaraki kind of calls him and wants him to come into and i think you know with this the Redestro fight he's really coming into it right so i mean yeah having this having this really bad badass face off between like the symbol of hope and the symbol of fear like i don't know man i'm a sucker for titles and i, I like i love that i love that parallel
0: yeah. And I think now that the doctor's fully committed is where that mm. kind of that real succession comes down because we know the doctor can give power to know who's clearly. He was the one that was kind of taking care of all the no so So has some help or part of that. So maybe, I, mean, I guess we saw Shigaraki getting shocked by something too, earlier on in the season. So they didn't end on that in this episode, but I'm sure next episode, they'll touch on that again, but I'm assuming Shigaraki maybe turned into pretty much a Nomu. Yeah, a
1: Nomu. Nomu Shigaraki yeah. time.
0: So that'll be incredible. And then that's kind of what takes it. So like now he is the symbol of fear, but he doesn't have the full power of symbol of fear. So now they're going to turn him into it. And that's how next season's probably going to go to giving a better confrontation between Deku and Shigaraki because I still think right now Deku, I don't know who wins right now, actually. I mean, Deku still has a long ways to go and Shigaraki is just complete destruction, but I guess that's what next season is going to be about—is who's going to win there. So it's it's incredibly exciting to see.
1: I mean, can you imagine that though? Like, you know, think about it. It's like the series is like coming to its end, and you see Shigaraki come out, but it's not like him. It's like this monstrous, gross Nomu form, and he has like all this like crazy Nomu abilities. I, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool, like like a like a like a twisted monster form of Shigaraki if he could even be more twisted at this point.
0: Just the only issue with a Shigaraki fight is that there's really only so, like... The fight can really only go on so long. I mean, even if he is an Omufu... Because the first time Shigaraki touches Deku, like, Deku should just lose. Like, unless there's something, unless another quirk develops with... Which allows Deku to negate the K or something like that, then Shigaraki has to use different quirks, which doesn't make sense since a K is what we know Shigaraki as. But a fight between the two can't go on very long right now. So that also is... I'm just curious how they're going to deal with that, because... Deku can only dodge for so long, and we kind of saw that's how the Overhaul fight was—just keep dodging over and over again. And yeah. it only went on for a short second before Overhaul completely changed his ta- uh, battle tactic. So, I, don't, I just don't want another Overhaul fight, which is how I feel like a Shigaraki versus Deku fight would be right now. So, seeing how they're gonna do that, I'm super interested to see. Yeah, yeah
1: it's so crazy that his third quirk is just called anti-decay. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that <laughs> means, but maybe it'll come into play.
2: Yeah, that's just it, man. It's such a destructive quirk that, like, like how do you how do you do the workaround, right? Like, how do you how do you beat that, right? So,
0: well, especially I mean, just kind of moving on to the redestral fight. I mean, I think that's the first time we ever saw truly how devastating decay could be. Because I guess we already kind of saw the awakening a little bit, where he was kind of able to spread his decay onto a couple of people in an area. But I mean, this dude leveled an entire city in seconds. I mean a mech robot that was not able to get away fast enough from decay. And that is saying something. So that was incredible. Cool to say Redestro's power up, even though he was kind of second guessing himself the entire time, seeing him have those, his Iron Man suit come up out of the ground and form onto him was super cool. I mean, I loved every moment about the fight and seeing the emotional side of it, but also the pure destruction side from both of them was so cool to see.
2: Uh, I gotta say, like Redestro might be one of the only characters that I'm not entirely sure if I'm happy with how he tran- transferred from manga to anime, because he always has this, the like, I, and I maybe I don't know, maybe it's the voice actor, maybe something like that. But he always talks very calmly, even when he's getting like, even when he's like, you know, like powering up and stuff like that, right? He's not like he's not like screaming like other people and stuff like that. And like I like I don't know, I I felt like I felt like Redestro kind of got dealt dirty in this fight because like you have like stress seems like like such a sick work it seems really cool it's super destructive and it just gets it just gets absolutely obliterated because because of decay right and i was just like man like i think it would be nice to see like a um like a one-off like like a team up or some shit of like of Redestro himself because i think there's so much to that character that you can really flesh out and I, where I totally agree that the origin story of Shigaraki is like, he's like the, like, he's the, he's the catalyst for it. Um I think he's just like an interesting enough character that I think he deserves more than this.
1: So I think he actually like got his moments in like being the like leader of the group, because when it boils down to it, his quirk essentially is just like a power fantasy, super strong, right? The it's pulp, like, yeah, yeah. Y- yeah. You just get more, like you get stronger, the more stressed out you are. It's just power. Like, the, the quirk isn't itself isn't deep and so that's why i think the fights are you know they're whatever with him because like they can't be super mm-hmm. deep fights they're more just power fantasy you know super big explosion versus super big explosion and so i think that's where he shines is not in like the, his quirk being super powerful it's like him at the back lines like kind of like dictating And kind of like moving his army around and like getting his pawns in place, I think are the interesting parts about him. And like I I think I think you see reflected in his voice of him being super calm because literally all his stress is being like manifested into his quirk. So that's that's why he's always so calm.
2: Yeah, because it actually like it actually like is drawn right out of his personality and into and into his quirk. I, I didn't even think of that. That's actually sick. I like that.
0: And I mean a couple things about everything here is one. Decay is literally the worst possible quirk to go up against with (laughs) stress. When you get bigger, there is more room to be touched and thus easier to lose. And also, the entire point of the fight here was he was questioning, I mean, Shigaraki asked multiple times, like, hey, something holding you back. What's holding you back? And even Reed Dexter was saying, like, he he was holding back himself, too, because he was kind of having his own awakening that Shigaraki was the true embodiment of Redestro, too. So the fight didn't feel great because Redestro was pulling punches and yeah. Shigaraki had an extreme quirk advantage. So I think that's kind of why it didn't feel great because it didn't need to feel great because it wasn't meant to be a fantastic fight. All the setup was meant to be fantastic. But the fight today was meant to say, like, no, Shigaraki's all powerful and Redestro and the Middle Liberation Army are going to follow after him. And it's how the episode ended, obviously. So I don't think this was meant to be a, you go back and watch this fight once every couple of months because it's so good. It's meant to be an entire turning point for the villain side of the story. Also, yeah, no. I
1: just I just definitely want to underscore, it's not that, uh, you know, he just needs to be touched. Like we we saw in this, like uh, the, the scene yeah. where he's like, you know, were your feet on the ground? Is that why you cut them off or whatever? It, it, it's not just like him touching things. It's like touching anything that he touches as well which is incredibly scary that he could touch an entire city and everything in that radius is just decayed. Like He had
0: to have killed thousands there.
1: <laughs> like, how is that beatable at this point? Like, yeah, it, like it, it, you... you can stay away from his hands, but you can't stay away from, like, the ground and, like, everything it's, it touches.
2: It's busted. No counterplay. Nerf it. Like, get it okay. get it out. Fox like. is just going to have to just carry Deku
0: everywhere so that he never yeah, touches like, the ground.
2: Yeah, so. like, holy shit.
0: It is, yeah. I think that was incredibly cool. And I mean, it was, I, I kind of actually like now that they did it weird that they started it off with kind of seeing the Shigaraki freedom moment of destroying Dika and then this kind of this episode, we got a shot again. So it was like six episodes apart when we kind of saw that same shot. I really liked it though because it kind of had the build up, and it was then he like had the one week jump back before that. So I did like that. I know some people thought it was kind of weird and it was an interesting way to kind of open up the entire arc, but I think it paid off um with this episode. So I think that was a completely great thing to do. And I'm Yeah, I,
1: I also like the bait and switch uh with, with Makia of where, you know, you have Makia kinda like looming like, oh man, he's gonna come and like when he's here, like he's gonna be the thing that's gonna destroy the city. Like he's the thing that's gonna destroy the city. Yeah. And he gets there and he almost he's, does nothing he doesn't he's do gone he doesn't he's do gone. anything and it's all shigaraki which i don't know that's so cool i love that bait and switch because i think it was really easy for them to like accidentally reveal too much and like by going like this like you know timeline skip and then like going back in time or whatever um it, it was so easy that they could have set it up and like shown us everything and then just got there but they like kind of like gave us hints but like Tricked us into thinking he was going to go somewhere else. I I, I really like that setup a lot, actually.
0: And I'm happy they just wrapped up Machia quickly. Like, oh yeah, obviously he got a whole army like, bent down to him. That's a very all for one thing. Great, Machia is going to follow him now. Like, there's another fighter. If he's got to go prove himself to Machia or something after that. I just felt like that would have been out of place. So I'm glad. Like, okay, good. Yep, we'll wrap it up. He's following him now. He has an army. Like, let's move on to the next thing now. So I'm glad they just wrapped that up. And kind of going on to the army that he now has, the Paranormal Liberation Front. Do you think that is better or worse than either the Meta Liberation Army or League of Villains? Because I think it's worse than both.
1: I I think I think League of Villains is two on the nose, and I think they That's they okay. obviously said that they're like, no, it can't be yeah. that. I think Meta Liberation Front's good. I know why it's called Paranormal Liberation Front. Like they're taking paranormal in the like literal sense, and I think it's like a weird translation issue of like yeah. we hear paranormal and it's like you know. Spooky, Ooh, spooky ghost stuff <laughs> yeah. but it literally just means outside of the normal which makes sense but like it's just a weird translation thing and i think it's a terrible name it's so bad yeah, i mean it
2: doesn't like, i like i like i like front better than army i, I like yes. that change i like but yeah the paranormal from meta like i'm not a big fan but i do like that there's actual like lieutenants and a grand commander and shit like that that's sick i love that like yeah that
0: was a cool reveal. Like- Everything about that last couple of minutes and setting up the Paranormal Liberation Front was sick, except for the name. Like, everything else was building up hype, and then they said the name. I'm like, ah!
2: Uh, It's not good. Then it kind
0: of picked it up, because then Shigaraki did a little speech afterwards of, like, we're just going to do whatever we want, which was such a hype moment, so that kind of made me forget about it for a second. But now that we're talking through it, I'm like, I don't love that, but everything else about this was so cool. They have a giant underground secret base. They have lieutenants, grand commanders, all sick.
1: So I need to ask something to the, the lore council here because um, there was a detailed mention and I don't know. I actually didn't know what to make of it or if it was like phrasing or whatever. Um, so in the scene of where there was like the flashback of Redestro to when he was super young, they had um, everyone around him saying, you know, you're going to live up to the ideals of Destro or whatnot. And they said something to the effect of like, we've been carrying his, uh, his legacy on for generations. Now, does this mean that Redestro isn't Destro's son? Because I assumed he was his son, like I, I, I thought that's what it was implied in the original like telling of everything. But the way they described it, it sounded like he was like his ancestor in some regard. No, like just somewhere down the line, he was not. The son. His, I, I don't know. They use the word generations, and if it was like literally just like red or destro to redestro, why would they say generations? That's like yeah. a weird phrasing.
2: I mean, maybe because they're talking about the the whole lineage and like three destro only knows of destro but there's in fact like a destro prior to destro you know what i mean like but no no because that, that doesn't make sense either be- unless the whole unless the whole story's bullshit no That's no because you know really- well no because like the, the story
1: goes like destro uh when when destro was born right there was yeah. like people were freaking out about it and his mom spoke oh, out they killed no, his mom.
0: ancestor
1: yeah ancestor they don't say son they said he had a secret son but that secret son is not necessarily Bridestro. destro
0: yeah, you're right. I mean, it doesn't Which say anything confused... about his parents, but yeah, that that they did not do a great job of kind of breaking that down. Then
2: we were too we were too busy on Shigaraki the whole fucking time. Like, I mean, like because this this
1: like close. So when when they originally implied that Redestro was Destro's son, um, that kind of like condenses the timeline in a little bit and makes it makes the society timeline make a little bit more sense yeah. because like because w- w- they got rid of that obviously and it's just vaguely ancestor which none of this timeline makes sense quirks have been around for like hundreds of years hundreds It seems years, like. Yeah. But, but like we can assume that quarks are still like a modern thing of when they came around so like is technology stagnant like nothing yeah. makes sense the timeline it is kind doesn't of add up
2: it is kind i would of like to, i would like to see a night like it all like on a line like just so, something needs to lay it out i don't we'll know never get it you'll never, we'll never it get out. it no, give up on wouldn't. that but yeah, no. Nobody, nobody gives us concrete dates on anything. We, we can't even get
1: a timeline from Vigilantes to to My Hero.
2: No, we have no idea. We have no clue. I do. I do gotta say though. Final, final thing about the, the 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 new like Grand Commander thing. We gotta talk about Shigaraki's drip, dude. That coat is it a was good. sick. It is a good look, right? Like balling out. Not man, only just
1: Shigaraki's look, but Toga with with the with the with the coat and like the eye patch. The eye patch she incredibly sick.
0: A little, that little twice moment there too was really fun too. Like uh, I, we all knew she didn't actually die cause they would have made a bigger deal out of that. But that was just such a fun moment seeing twice as twice league of villains to league of villains it was a great kind of little moment to kind of show them their time to jump forward a week. But I think with that one last thing to do for this episode, and that is going to be the plus ultra award award that each and every week, each of the hosts picked a character that went beyond that went plus ultra And then the season will tally up to see who was the ultra plus ultra of the season. And Dylan started off.
1: I, so the thing about NVA, it means that every single one of our plus ultras are just the same across the board. We have, we have unanimous decisions on them and it's really hard to not because I don't know, Shigaraki killed it. I mean, how can you, how can you not give it to him? I mean, he has back to back episodes of just like incredible story we we get a whole like next level of depth to his character, and he's incredibly strong now. Like like the fact that he can touch the ground and destroy an entire city and decay things like that are touching the ground there are, are incredible. He like almost single handedly brought down the Meta Liberation Army. He's the
0: equivalent of a small nuclear bomb at this point.
1: Yes, yeah. he can. Yeah, yeah, literally, he can just destroy cities. Like incredible. Like he has. He's he is plus ultra. Like defined here
2: yeah no it's like i yeah you can't make an argument for anybody else you really can't right it's it's shigaraki all the way i think it is it is, it is kind of the shitty part about mba is that like it is very clearly defined who gets it right so but eh, i mean well, i mean that's just days. kind of how
0: it is i mean that's the award i yeah. mean it's plus ultra i mean you reach for it but it'll be interesting to see i i think you'll probably get it in the scene now because i agree i think it's going to be and i think that's says third clean sweep of the arc so it'll be very interesting. We have one last award to give out next week, and that might have an, an overall impact on who gets it the entire season because it'll be one last chance for a couple of heroes to get it. So it'll be super interesting to see what happens. But yeah, Shigaraki blew everything out of the water this episode. I couldn't think of a better person to give it to you the last couple of episodes now. So congratulations, Shigaraki. You're probably <laughs> going to be the winner of the entire season. But with that... I think we wrap up the episode there unless you guys have any last closing thoughts. No. Nope. All right. With that, we will be back next Saturday for the final episode of my Hero academia season five. After that, we'll be talking and doing a recap of season five the following week and then talk about our off season plans coming up as well soon. We got a lot planned for you guys. So make sure to follow twitter.com slash class one a and also check out our YouTube and subscribe over there to make sure that you're up to date with everything that we're doing. As we move into the off-season of My Hero Academia, we'll be covering other anime and My Hero Academia news content and so much more there as well. So check that out, but we'll see you all next Saturday for the finale.